listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot. Yo, rest in peace to them niggas that was dead wrong. Tony Braxton to them niggas, that's a sad song. Cry River, Timberlake, the whole industry. Record the al- whole album in my living room in Italy. Niggas who wasn't feeling me secretly want a handout. Keep your mouth shut, I could probably help your man out. Drop a new stack, all lames get to stepping. Drop a new track, all blocks go to heaven. Kill the web, man, these niggas need the hits up. Kiss a neck and had a dime to the tip cup. She is not slut fuck a dude who say so just because she fucking doesn't mean she ain't a lady kill the whole stage i never needed a mic check seeing on the space bar fucking tired of skype sex running with the new breed me and bun b this hip-hop nation this big country nigga please we ain't stopped for no one wu-tang generator name i'm a shogun wu-tang generator name watch him smoke one talk a lot of shit but none of them will approach him gambino got the first position game is ballet so graceful drive he don't need a valet so angel fly as i wanna be mercy somebody show these niggas can't hurt me whoa hey welcome to the blackout test podcast your host rod and Karen. we're in the house on a monday yes sir that is correct i said it right uh all kinds of stuff to talk about today i can't wait to get into the show okay it's all kinds of news and whatnot i don't even know where to start guys you know uh actually you know what i do know where to start um so yesterday um uh you know if you don't know what you know uh, the weapon of the show is the taser unofficial sport bullet ball, bullet ball stream. let's hurry up and get into it um <laughs> <laughs> so if you don't if you don't uh know one of my favorite uh things um in life is and we've had a whole episode about it before as well but um it's when black academics be having beef yes because it's gloriously petty yes the word violence the i mean like they are so vocabulatious okay come on using all the big vocabulary words they like, don't nobody understand you got to look them up like the words are so huge but the motives are so petty yes it's entertaining you know it's like love and hip-hop real housewives but with big words and <laughs> phds behind them and shit like that yes well as everybody knows educated beef you know as everybody knows uh the the media darling of the moment right now is uh for black academics quote unquote for black intellectual public intellectuals as they call them is ta Coates. Mm-hmm. and i'm currently reading we were eight years in power you know i'm a slow reader but i'm reading it um uh, and i do like the book i really do like the book i think it's good um i think it's uh uh, if some people are like well he is basically him republishing essays that he did for the atlantic some of it is that a lot of it is that if you've already read those essays i can understand being a little bit of having a little trepidation about getting it but personally i like the essays before each piece and uh the growth that you see in him as a person over eight years is something you don't really get to see in a lot of projects so and a lot of people yeah to see like the reflection to see like uh his inner thoughts i think when you write sometimes you speak from such a strong voice that it makes me as a reader feel like you don't have any doubts you don't have any self-reflections you don't have any regrets you never feel like you could have done something better and i think he's really good about questioning himself really good about listening to the feedback that comes at him um and whatnot and you know as because of my view of blackness i've never felt like any one intellectual needed to get it all or or speak for me i can speak for myself i have my own voice um and i've never felt that 
like some critiques are reasonable but sometimes people have critiques where i'm like that's not a reasonable critique but that's because you view the world differently than i do correct so i just stay out of those circles right. you know like i would say his biggest critique honestly is well other than just pure jealousy of the fact that he's the man of the hour you know which is not really a function of him it's really a function of whiteness but i don't know if, if black people or people that get upset about that stuff can can see past that moment i really think they 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 don't realize that if someone if if their fave was the person of the moment their fave would be catching all kinds of hell too that they richly did not mostly did not deserve in my opinion um the, regardless of who it is most of the time the person the real problem is that that person to white people's eyes is the only person that people are listening to so then every black person gloms onto them like and you need to go represent me now and that's just not how life works nope no one can speak for everyone right anyway the second thing i would say is probably the biggest critique of him is that he's quote unquote too pessimistic he views uh white supremacy and whiteness as this overwhelming thing that can't be tackled or won against or defeated and to me i don't understand how that can be a critique of a person that's a person's personal belief system you know i know he's an atheist um and we'll get into some of that stuff too but i mean i'm an atheist um i'm studied enough with a lot of history in america i i too feel like white supremacy ain't going nowhere not in our lifetime and maybe not for lifetimes from now maybe never you know it's the original sin it's that bad it's like i'm not sure people truly grasp how bad that must be like how bad what we did to indigenous people in america what and i say we but i mean of the country america brand tm white people um and slavery is such a heinous thing and it went on for uh hundreds of years like it wasn't some fluke it wasn't a thing that you know and after the civil war it just morphs and it changes and if and what i find is that people there there are people who are hopeful and maybe they pin it to their religion maybe it's just their personal dogma you know cornell west is a preacher you know michael eric dyson's preacher a lot of these uh, a lot of the same black black academic thing comes from the tradition of the church too you know there's a lot of that in there there's a lot of um still a lot of patriarchy in there i mean academic world ain't exactly the greatest world for women Mm-mm. uh lgbtq people marginalized folks right a, a place that still go back to it uh you got to go back to why do we have hbcus right and you know i don't care how you feel about hbcu they are not hbcus were not um invented in the vacuum it was a purpose and a reasoning behind it mm-hmm. and nobody wants to ever get to why this institution institutions were created you know well even within the context of like just academia like there's uh hierarchies you know <laughs> how many of people's favorite black academic pro-black people went to white ivy league schools to prove their merits like if they hadn't if they didn't have harvard attached to their name that cosign of whiteness they wouldn't be the person they are today white people wouldn't have listened to them if they would have just had an hbcu degree it would have been like mm, no i don't think so and ta-nehisi coast is an hbcu dropout high school dropout too so it's almost like there's this there's this unspoken like how dare he uh in a lot of the critiques and i think people don't think you can pick up on that you know and then of course within all this is still for the most part black men arguing with black men um fairly or unfairly however you feel about that but 
it's kind of like even though we know that black women on average are higher educated and achieve um got phds can be vocabulations just like y'all can too right like even with, though we know that it still ends up seeming like seeming like at least to me the vast majority of these uh ego battles or whatever you want to call them ends up being black men fighting now the other part of that is it seemed to be cornell west versus everybody i remember when he was trying to take down melissa harris perry i mean ever since obama i feel like that dude has kind of been persona non grata with a lot of black folks because in addition to his what i would consider to be valid critiques of obama there's also this kind of ridiculous fatalism of it everybody's not real except me and meanwhile you you giving hall passes to bill maher for saying house nigger and i'm supposed to still look at you as some type of black vanguard like right you know um now in all fairness before we get into this i'm not a huge cornell west fan but i never have been and it's not so i know a lot of people in academia owe him their life i'm not in academia and it's like he paved the way for a lot of people a lot of people have read his books and shit i haven't read his books i'm just not a cornell west guy you know i've seen him more as an orator more as a guy goes on bill maher and 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 rants and stuff um but i've always kind of for lack of a better term found him extremely corny and off-putting uh even back in the day like it's just been more funny to me than anything else and that's not to demean his career or whatever i'm not Mm -hmm. saying he's not impactful right i can only speak from my perspective and i've always just kind of written him off as like oh the the kooky guy from (laughs) from from real time with bill maher and from politically incorrect the guy who calls everybody dear brother and like that was to me that was the extent of my cornell westness so that's i'm okay oh and i think for me my extent when it comes to him is i'm not in those worlds so to me he was like a a old man that was really really smart like from my perspective and i just knew a lot of uh black people that are 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 in uh, academia loved him and i would go okay and i just kept it pushing you know, he didn't really come um, into, you know, my quote-unquote world until later on in life, you know. Mm-hmm. So I didn't grow up, you know, putting him on high esteems. I didn't grow up reading his books. I didn't grow up idolizing him. You know, a lot of black people did. And, and I know for a lot of black people, he may have stirred them into that field, you know. So, he, you know, he has done great work and has touched many a people but you can do that and still have this other part of you that could be critiqued at the same time and people act like you can't do both i just want to be upfront before we read all this that i don't owe him anything and i don't feel that sense and a lot of people do feel a sense like that so watching his star fade or watching him in my opinion become unraveled over the last eight nine years now i feel like there's a lot of people who have a, a, a sadness attached to it and a protectiveness attached to it and they don't want to see anybody dismiss him which i am dismiss i'm going to dismiss him out of hand i just want to be uh, up front before people don't write me with the bullshit i really just feel like he the things he has been saying for a while now have just been so tainted by personal agendas i can't take them seriously and there are way too many people that are doing a better job talking about these things that aren't just taking personal attacks at people you know um and he knows what he's doing i mean he's inflammatory he's really good with it i mean i haven't really fucked with him since he ruined the matrix trilogy you know um <laughs> like I, the movies was doing just fine then he showed up all of a sudden the movies wasn't good y'all do your math but um yeah and i've always- you know i know he's tried to be a celebrity like he's tried to rap he's tried to be in movies and shit like he's like you know 
he himself has his own shit that if someone else did it he'd be on their ass talking about how they fake and not real but when he does it somehow it's supposed to be fine you know um and that shit has always kind of bothered me but you know i just kind of more feel sad for the dude at this point right and angry at him or anything just feel like damn man like you kind of you you're gonna go down as almost a mockery to a certain extent when i don't think it had to be that way but he got stuck on i think every and i think anyone in denial of this is lying but he got stuck on a, a personal agenda against the obama administration and it just never he never recovered he he didn't and and for me that's uh that's when i really kind of was like who is this dude and why is he angry and why is every time he go on tv he's bashing the obamas and talking about how terrible he is and i i personally think in my opinion with president obama with a lot of people that are uh, in uh, academia and a lot of people that are in high political offices that are black jesse jackson and all some of these other folks got very very offended that obama didn't come to them and quote-unquote ask for their blessings or come to them and ask for their advice or come to them and and pluck their brains for knowledge they felt offended they felt mad they felt upset they felt betrayed because you know this nigga didn't come through you know us you know like he was quote-unquote supposed to and a lot of them old men are bitter they're angry and they're mad and i don't know if any of them will ever get over it some of them have you know because and like this now i'm not gonna say they have at least they publicly haven't came out and said anything in years mm-hmm. but he's one of them that's still on that fuck you train yeah and i mean he always will be i think and that's fine he, he kind of wants to die on that cross and like i said other people have said the same critiques of obama and have done it without the personal agenda attached to it and and when you add like you can't separate that like i've seen people do him the favor of separating that and that's fine if they want to do it but i don't feel the need to separate that i see it and i go okay cool you're underpinning a lot of your stuff on just anger and pettiness and it it does supersede your argument for me because other people it's kind of like the way i feel about the whole taking out the trash thing in hollywood it's like oh we can't get rid of this dude he's so talented i'm like but how many other people are talented that don't grab women how many other people are talented so you know with a lot of cornell west shit if you underpin stuff on lies or salaciousness i I can find somebody who does exactly what you did and just didn't uh, rely on calling the president niggerized or something to to try to like you know to like drum it up when you didn't need to do that you know so um you know but whatever you know uh (laughs) uh like i said he's uh uh he's he's on tanahasi coast ass and tanahasi uh apparently they've had beef quote unquote going back where this is like the third time he's kind of come at him um and i was telling somebody this yesterday and i said i guess the most cynical part of me i don't want to believe it i'm not even telling you this but i was like i really don't want to believe it but the most cynical part of me is saying white people feel like there can only be one right and that's how they feel about a lot of movies comedians like they pick a black more person than one is like the world ends you're like motherfucker you know it's more than one of us and, it's, and, and and not only in this area but just in a lot of shit in life they can only be one actor they can only be one actress they can only be one black movie there can only be one and you're like this is the problem and this is why there's no goddamn diversity in a lot of shit because there can only be quote-unquote one that rises to the top and you ignore all the other talent attached with it right so i call 
so i that's then that's white people's thing right like that's not really no one can control that you don't mm-hmm. even get to control if you're the one right? right but for the most part you know if you ask white people this year it'll be jordan pill for get out mm-hmm. but they can't name other black movie directors that they want to support you know mm-hmm. and then next year it'll be ava duvernay or it'll be ryan coogler mm-hmm. but they very rarely say oh i like five black directors it's you know it's one and i think you know a lot of people do that comedians you know normally it's one black dude at a time that gets to be that guy it's is uh you know for a long time it's been kevin hart but it, it was hannibal burrs for a year or two it was you know like people pick and then it's like but beyond that i don't need to see too much blackness right well that happens in black academic in, in academia too and i think public intellectuals as well and ta-nehisi coast is that guy right now and even in his book Tanazi Coates is I think it's the first chapter where he's like I don't know why white people like this and it makes me question myself and question like am I is my work good am I you know am I like th- like normally this kind of talk does not attract white people to it because it, white people normally reject anything that makes them feel a little uncomfortable right they turn it off they reject it they go it's not for me they go mm, that's the black shit and truck on over it right but because he's the guy it's one of those things that when you quote unquote become the guy it's almost like all of a sudden you get a free range to do these things that in a normal circumstance or a normal situation of you were just a quote unquote regular ass guy putting out this same book using those same words they wouldn't pay your ass no attention i'm not even saying a regular guy because like i said you're talking about a guy who didn't go to he didn't finish college so this isn't even that like well he went to harvard let's let's hear him out no 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 I'm, you know I'm, i mean when i mean regular guy you happen to get to the point that they recognize your work mm-hmm. and i mean if you was like a normal person who that they didn't recognize your work and who you were you would not get this yeah same i'm saying attention. how do you even get to that point you don't like how nobody does, knows that's the thing like it's and like, i and i understand that it probably makes people a little paranoid it's like the lottery you just don't know when your number coming up if your number ever comes up right and you have to start is my work too safe am i you know not am i pulling my punches am i more worried about the spotlight than you know but i like that he went through that process in the book and kind of tells you like these are the things i think about and i'm like yeah that i can see how that would would drive a person's almost kind of crazy you know anyway um so all that to say you know i said the most cynical part of me is like is this just cornell west reminding people my brand is different from this black guy so when you're booking people to speak when you're bringing people on tours to talk for their books you you can book both of us i'm not the same as him i'm much more different than him i don't even like this dude like you know what i mean like let me separate my brand from this dude so because career-wise it's smart to separate your brand because you almost you almost don't want white people to forget about you and be like well we had ta-nehisi coat so that's the, the that's the limit of black speakers we're having this year you know we oh well ta-nehisi coats came through in, in august uh there's really no read to book cornell west i mean he's gonna say most of the same stuff so i could kind of see him almost doing this to be like hey don't forget about me and also i don't really fuck with this nigga so if y'all really want to bring somebody on bring me you know anyway that's the most cynical part of me i don't know um I, that actually may be better than the, than if the truth is just that he thinks uh he just don't like this nigga and, and he wrote this long ass shit for that anyway like i said black academic beef my favorite uh so do we have music for black enemy beef oh i do oh okay yes i appreciate you uh um keeping me up on that i already got it cool queued up um as always i go to my um 
my playlist the ghost of cornell west when michael eric dyson wrote what i would consider to be the ether or takeover of blackademic beef uh nothing will ever top that nope i'm sorry this was good this was this is blackademic beef 2 electric boogaloo or whatnot but <laughs> blackademic beef 1 nigga go back in the archives and find blackademic beef 1 if you really want to hear some good ass woo oh the, the bars was so hot y'all mm, the letters were so long oh so long this is not as long as that uh, i think ray sonny was the guest when we did that it was so good but this i'm gonna still try to uh get to some beef in this so cornell rose i mean cornell west he did rose roasted ta-nehisi coats and um a, a in a in the guardian using his favorite word in the title ta-nehisi coats is the wait for it that's why he called him the n-word ta-nehisi coast is the neoliberal face of the black freedom struggle not the neoliberal listen you know that's that's his word that's that slur is right is that a cuss word do i i mean do we need to n-word that you know black pragmatism get called the neoliberal in a heartbeat niggas don't know i don't even know what fucking neoliberal means means. me either but if you disagree all i know is that y'all use it wrong so i'm like well fuck you two then if you disagree with somebody (laughs) on the left you are neoliberal it doesn't even matter that the shit doesn't that it doesn't fit or anything it don't make sense they can call is how many times can i call you a neoliberal in a couple seconds in a couple sentences okay like uh now for the record because some people probably want to know what does neoliberalism mean because i think it's important to this discussion because as y'all will see in a second um i mean spoiler alert but this whole piece is underpinned on a huge lie in my opinion uh wikipedia defines neoliberal neoliberalism uh, as primarily a 20th century resurgence of the 19th century ideas associated with laissez-faire economic liberalism such ideas include economic liberalization policies such as privatization austerity deregulation and free trade and reductions in government spending in order to increase the role of the private sector in the economy and society these market-based ideas and these policies they inspire constitute a paradigm shift away from the post-war keynesian consensus which lasted from 1945 to 1980 so things like privatized prison uh military industrial complex being privatized that's like, what they say i'm supporting that's what that when people call you a neoliberal that's what they're saying you do Duh, don't know what the fuck they're talking about and that may be the first thing that white that black people have culturally appropriated from white people since the the other n-word nigga because i'll get you'll get called that sometimes by like a black leftist and stuff it's like you must just hang out with white people all day that that critique falls flat against right. most black people none most- of us are sitting around like you know what i really want privatized school system privatized prison that's what i'm that's what i vote for that's you know when i sit down in the booth i'm like that's a good idea let's privatize those prisons but it's a it's a quick buzzword that you throw out it captures a lot of stuff they don't even know what it means i bet there has to be people to say it don't know that's what they're saying as i said it might as well i said a long time ago it might as well say big mean poopy head right it really might as well be you, that i'll be like if you think you hurt my feelings you ain't right like okay is that just a slur you're gonna call me cool because you should probably look up the definition and make sure that that's fitting with what i'm saying because right. that's not what i'm saying anyway he says Tanahasi coast is the neoliberal face of the black freedom struggle mm-hmm. i won't deny it i'm a straight yes come on let me read this shit 
Tanahasi Coates, We Were Eight Years in Power, a book about Barack Obama's presidency and the tenacity of white supremacy has captured the attention of many of us. One crucial question is why now, in this moment, has this apolitical pessimism gained such wide acceptance? Coates and I come from a great tradition of the black freedom struggle. He represents the neoliberal wing that sounds militant about white supremacy but renders the black fight back invisible. This wing reaps the benefits of the neoliberal drink every time he say neoliberal. Everybody go go get coffee or something. I know y'all at work. Don't don't get fired. But let's play a little game. Okay. <laughs> so I think so far we should be at two drinks. Uh let me get two sips. Mm. Two. I should have got some wine. I know, but let me get you some. All right, you think we got time for some wine? I mean, you can get read. I can get you some. Uh, well, no, nah, I don't want to miss no little liberals. So go ahead, you can get the wine. I will, I will stall. Go ahead. Karen's getting the wine, y'all. I, I, listen, I like my black blackademic beef with grapes. Okay, I need a little alcohol to go with this. It's good. This don't happen. I feel like this only happens about once every year and a half. But when these niggas come out with a book and somebody get mad, like you know, these books don't write themselves you know so we gotta we gotta wait i i can chill okay on a little bit of um on the black academic beef we'll we'll start over when karen gets back okay i'm sorry i got i didn't i didn't realize how how good this is gonna get to me okay um oh you need me to open this all right let me see what this does there you go oh i like that what is this called peach sparkle teeny by verdi shout out to triangle wine co i know right don't forget to remind me to use that code uh here's some free advertising don't forget to remind me to use that code for trianglewineco.com karen because i'm gonna need that in my life um but yeah as soon as you get back we'll get the party started again i'm i hate to, i started to get y'all all revved up but uh you know need this alcohol and and this and this is a long beef too like the 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 the, the critique that code that uh cornell wrote was short in my opinion it wasn't it wasn't as good as when med went in <laughs> nigga he read him for filth i'm talking voluminous okay i mean personal anecdotes i mean oh y'all listen if y'all don't do nothing else if you are premium you gotta find the blackademic beef episode uh for for uh for uh, the blackout tips um because uh it was too good um thank you babe all right there we go i got my wine now feeling fancy (laughs) yeah it says shit's about to get fancy and you know what it's not a better word for these big ass these big ass words it is gonna get fancy the last time we had blackademic beef was episode 934 blackademic beef april 21st 2015 oh shit two years ago that's been a while and mine says shit's about to get sloppy oh you know what you drank right too shout out to our fan that sent us these a toast to you karen come on let's get back to this beef though okay we got we got the shit coming and uh cornell's getting in position so we was we was at two neoliberals let me take one more sip two neoliberals here we go Ooh, this this wing reaps the benefits of the neoliberal establishment that rewards silences wait is that another neoliberal or did i read that one already neoliberal one? okay no no okay 
this wing reaps the benefits of the neoliberal establishment that rewards silences on issues such as wall street greed or israeli occupation of palestinian lands and people the disagreement between coats and me is clear any analysis or vision of our world that omits the centrality of wall street power u.s military policies and the complex dynamics of class gender and sexuality in black america is too narrow and dangerously misleading so it is with ta-nehisi coast worldview um here's the thing i'm reading the book i've read ta-nehisi coast work over the last eight years he has literally talked about all these things like maybe the one thing i would say he didn't talk about that much is palestine but even if you ask him he don't know and here's something i think all of us can practice a little bit more of like something i believe in sometimes i don't know what the fuck i'm talking about so i don't say nothing right i'll try to find out more and i'll say something if i know more but i don't know we don't talk about palestine on this podcast i don't know enough me either the only thing i know is that palestine is the good guys and israel is the bad guys and we should all be on palestine side that's it free palestine hashtag uh you know that's that's all you know that 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 most people in america and if you can't admit that ignorance if you don't know it you've never been there you never talked to enough people you haven't right. read enough about it then shut the fuck up right so that like i can i can relate to shutting the fuck up is what i'm saying but a lot of times what happens with these spears they use the fact that you're not talking about something as oh you don't care about this or you must agree with this other part of it or i just don't know i don't know my job is not to know everything nobody my job is to talk about the areas of expertise that i possess right that's it anyway the disagreement between coats and me is clear any analysis or vision of our world that a mississippi oh wait i already said that all right coats rightly highlights the vicious legacy of white supremacy past and present he sees it everywhere and ever reminds us of his plundering effects unfortunately he hardly keeps track of our fight back and never connects this ugly legacy to the predatory capitalist practices imperial policies of war occupation detention and assassination or the black elite's refusal to confront poverty patriarchy or transphobia i gotta say that also that is a goddamn lie like i like it's as so i guess it's because i just read the book i have it's not been long enough for me to forget like but he does talk about resistance he does talk about uh like i mean there's an entire fucking chapter on the malcolm x versus like obama and the the politics of respectability and also the politics of black revolution there's um many many different quotes from like activists and stuff like is but anyway coats will prove all this shit later i I, i'm glad he took the time because while i knew this was a lie i didn't feel like taking the time to point out how i was just like this nigga be lying moving on in short coats fetishizes white supremacy he makes it almighty magical and unremovable what concerns me is his narrative of defiance for coast defiance is narrowly aesthetic a personal commitment to writing with no connection to collective action it generates crocodile tears of neoliberals who have no intention of sharing power or giving up privilege this ain't neoliberal i hope i i hope i don't finish this glass (laughs) we got some more if we do uh you know also thing i throw out here um west has been at this much longer 
does are white people giving up power because of the books you wrote are they like what have you changed essentially other than showing up at these events taking these checks glad handing bill maher giving him a pass on his shit like putting out rap albums and being in movies like what exactly have you done to make me feel like oh you know what dog it's different when he do it you know being on the front line of a protest and getting arrested is some shit that i'll never do and i will always admire but at the same time to come at people because that's not the path that they chose feels wrong to me it does because we all you know because when you talk about things like that everybody don't want to be the front line but it don't mean that what they're doing isn't is worthless because it's not what you're doing right this is like i said i'm not demeaning the man's work but it's like dude you've done things that if it weren't you you'd shit on like to 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 say this man is just you know trying to generate crocodile tears of neoliberals is your work not creating the same crocodile tears have you seen changes in the academic space because of you know what i'm saying where it's like this is effective change for more than just you but for everybody like we now treat black people differently because cornell west told us you know like i think white i personally feel like white supremacy is like a river and it'll just you throw a stone in the river it still goes around it and you could be the biggest stone in the world it'll erode you over time it's just what it does so i don't feel as i guess i don't get as disappointed in people either because i don't expect them to have but so much change and i think uh coast approaches in a very realistic fashion of like look man i've said my piece i've made my case i've explained that this is a plunder on our society white people have listened to me i still don't expect them to do shit um you know i'm not even gonna get into uh you know i'm gonna save that next part for us it's gonna come back up anyway <clears throat> uh when he honestly asks how do you defy a power that insists on claiming you the answer should be clear they claim you because you are silent on what is a threat to their order especially wall street and war you defy them when you threaten that order like once again coast has talked about wall street war he's talked about the housing market cool whatever coast tries to justify his defiance by an appeal to black atheism to a disbelief in dreams and moral appeal he's not he not only has no expectations of white people at all but for him if freedom means anything at all it is this defiance um i that's the part i talked about when i said earlier there's like people's biggest critique of coast is that he won't he refuses to believe that quote-unquote we will win he really thinks that this is the greatest tragedy our our story of not just america but black lives in america is a tragic a greek basically a greek tragedy we will not succeed we won't get free we won't win we won't overcome white supremacy they are out to destroy us it's not our fault we're not crazy and to me i agree with that and it and it's refreshing because i'm sick of bullshit i'm sick of fake hope i'm sick of god gonna do this someone coming to save us but they not and there's nothing in human history to convince me that we should feel that way everything factually tells me the opposite that shit will just morph oh cool no slavery jim crow laws get jim crow laws out of here segregation uh get segregation out of here oh well then hold up now mass incarceration like everything he's changing back to let's put black bodies away let's put them in subjugation and it's not our fault we're not crazy we're not morally failed we're not bad people like i don't understand how that's so crazy to say or so offensive to people to say like 
stop believing in bullshit right because it because when you accept that you face the reality that the world is fucked up and so many people don't want to believe that the world is just that fucked up yeah like i don't mean to tell people not to have hope but right because i know I you do, don't have to you make know. me you don't have to you don't get to make me have hope because you do you know i get to look at the same things you do and be like yeah i don't see the path out like some miracle gonna have to happen before i see it because i don't see the miracle coming like this is the same country that elected trump right anyway um so he goes on to say um note that his perception of white people is tribal and his consumption of freedom is neoliberal right god damn it oh i drink i drink racial groups are homogenous and freedom is individualistic in his world classes don't exist and empires are non-existent as in to say that coach doesn't talk about class oh that's not it's a lot like yeah that's it doesn't matter like i was talking to this dude yesterday and he was kind of like well you got a point on some things i'm like does it not matter to you that he's a lion i think it was miss Zinzi who said on twitter he's the azalea banks of black academics and i'm like that's right there you go it's a person that has they're wrong so often hypocritical so often i will find another messenger to receive this from i don't baby yeah i don't feel any allegiance to protect this man's message when i know he's he's also lying i've read the book i've read these these editorials and these essays he's he's literally had well we'll get to his defense we'll get to it anyway this presidency he writes opened a market for a new wave of black pundits intellectuals writers and journalists one that coach himself has benefited from and his own literary dreams of success were facilitated by a black neoliberal president who ruled god damn it really how am i gonna finish this if i'm drunk <laughs> all right sorry black neoliberal president who ruled for eight say, years you drinking hard silk <laughs> I, I mean listen i said i would sip here you gulping i'm gulping i'm sorry i'm the one reading all this okay right and a neoliberal president who ruled for eight years an example of black respectability good negro government for the record coach is not with the respectability so he quoted that like yeah he he described uh obama as black respectability good negro government but those are kind of most like pejorative terms like they were descriptive too because they were trying to go back to the eight years of negro government that happened during um right before um what do you call it uh reconstruction so he was trying to relate it back to that and how white people revolted in because niggas ran government and weren't bad at it and that's and that's kind of what we got now anyway coates reveals his preoccupation with white acceptance when he writes with genuine euphoria as i watched barack obama shoot star star shoot across the political sky i had never seen so many white people cheer on a black man who was neither an athlete nor an entertainer and it seemed that they they loved him for this and i thought in those days that they might love me too here's that was the part where he that was the part where i i don't think i i got so upset with him for doing that so that chapter is like the first chapter in the book um Coates is describing how he felt the night of the election in 2008 the way most black people felt the way america felt and he's describing the general euphoria of the nation at that time and you're a goddamn lie if you don't talk about how people were so happy so elated they couldn't believe it 
it was the post-racial america like people were people had a moment jesse jackson was crying on tv like are we really gonna act like people getting swept up in that was some sort of like oh well only coats and his love for the president a lot of people went was i wrong a lot of black people went in, was i wrong about america have i thought because it was a running joke there'll never be a black president first black president gonna have to run around we still thought he gonna get killed and all this shit the whole time like y'all literally you know what and even now i'm like they still after his ass so i hope secret services keep up their job so i like how he frames it that way now in the same page in the same chapter coast goes on to basically talk about how foolhardy that moment was and how he come to like regret it almost like to look back on it like i was so naive to even allow myself for a second to enjoy this quote-unquote victory and to think oh well whiteness has changed i may have been wrong in my assertion is it God, like this is a lie this is a lie of omission it is framing him as somehow being stuck here for eight years or somehow believing that for more than a night like that is that is so shady to do to somebody you know it's almost like taking if i said a joke sarcastically if y'all took it and said well you know rod said it's okay to slap babies and it's like but he said that as a joke <laughs> well he said it i mean well it, it's like yeah he said it but it was he immediately said I, i'm just messing with y'all or whatever and then you went i'm gonna leave that part out of my review of the podcast and just say he likes slapping babies like that's how ridiculous it sounds to me as someone who has just read the books you know and after that i was just like yeah i that's so petty i refuse to acknowledge anything else in this joint somebody else has made these critiques already of coast and they were better and they weren't petty and they weren't motivated by hopefully jealousy there's no doubt that the marketing of coats like the marketing of anyone warrants suspicion what about the marketing in yourself then my should i be suspicious of the, the album yeah because people Shut praise up. you too you know because i heard you talking about i was like yeah people praise you and put you on the pedestal and that's how you became a, a household name to a lot of people mm-hmm. and it's and to me there's nothing wrong with that right right but i mean should i be responsible should i be suspicious of you being in in, in a couple of matrix movies should i be suspicious of that you know should i be suspicious of the rap album should i be i mean you tell me or is it just when it's other people that's when i should be suspicious but when it's you it's cool right no questions asked right you good does the profiteering of fatalism about white supremacy and pessimism of black freedom fit well in an age of trump an age of neo-fascism u.s style i mean is it about the age of trump or is it just that's the truth because he's been feeling this way since before trump he's been writing the same shit for eight years that's the whole point the book actually takes place before trump so if you're not worried that because trump came to power black people need to start like pretending that, or we have to all believe the same shit of we gonna overcome this that's bullshit people told y'all before motherfuckers like you told people to throw their votes away to a third party people told everybody like yo this shit is serious right it's like people are death. people are going to die because of your choices because of the choices of this country we it's all hands on deck now if there was ever a time for us to feel like we need to all be together and thinking together that shit was last uh november November. and you didn't give a fuck then right refuse to refuse to give a fuck 
you don't get to then turn around and be like i can't believe y'all <laughs> we're not all on the same page uh ironically it was bill maher that told cornell west like hey man we're gonna repeat the same mistakes of last time as long as you feel this way about hillary clinton and the democratic establishment like it's just gonna keep happening you know i I had to tell somebody that on my facebook page one day i was like hey you might be over this shit and ready to move on and make amends but i don't think amends can be made until people admit how fucked up 2016 was come on if you don't want to do it again because i don't see any reason it can't keep happening i don't see why 2018 or 2020 can be different Mm -hmm. as long as everyone thinks my shit more important than everybody else's shit i have one point one vote and that's all i care about you know because white people gone white come on anyway coats wisely invokes the bleak worldview of the late great Derek bell but bell reveled in the black fight back rejoiced in black resistance and risked his life and career based on his love for black people and justice needless to say the greatest truth teller about white supremacy in the 20th century malcolm x was also deeply pessimistic about america yet his pessimism was neither cheap nor abstract peep the shade he called kanahasi coats basically not of the struggle say his his pessimism is cheap and abstract whatever that means as if there's any i was reading a piece uh by very smart brothers damon young he was like uh there's no black person on the sidelines in america everybody's in the game if you black don't matter if you don't want to be or not right regardless it it don't matter if you don't want to play the game motherfucker you're playing it like i'm sorry he took your speaking gig i'm sorry he booked your spot on a panel that's what that boils down to but ended it but this nigga came from shit too right and you you can't dismiss it because it didn't come from your same background not to mention what he can and will do he's still young like he's still we don't even know where like you didn't know where he would be eight years ago you don't know where he'll be eight years from now you know but uh, cool yeah his pessimism was neither cheap nor abstract it was earned soaked in blood and tears of love for black people and justice implying that somehow coast does not have love for black people and justice i don't think that's unfair to say that that's what he's implying unfortunately Coates' allegiance to obama has produced an impoverished understanding of black history i find that to be fucking hilarious i have read pieces of black Coates on our show and been like that's almost unfairly harsh to obama like that i don't feel the consideration in that like it's almost like he's trying to make a name by being so hard on obama that we're supposed to sit back and be like okay so i guess this nigga don't fuck with obama then uh got it you know what i'm saying um i think i think time has helped those pieces age kindly i think he's added perspective to it he's even you know there was even a um even in the beginning he didn't even have access to the president so he couldn't even really um let me turn this down in the beginning he didn't have access to the president so he couldn't even interview him so you're writing about a you are writing in the abstract you're writing about the things that he said that you disagree with you're writing about the policies he's had that you don't like um and he continued to do that he never stopped but at the same time to call that an allegiance to obama i think is a huge misrepresentation you know and i think the west does that with everyone anyone who's even approaching fairness even mindedness towards obama he feels is a sycophant and they just on his dick he's the only one keeping it real about obama regardless of how many people have abandoned him at this point how many people have told him like this obsession of yours is bordering on insane you didn't get those those inauguration tickets i feel you but come on this is ridiculous now right and 
uh specifically looking at how he's giving certain politicians and certain stuff a pass it feels disingenuous you know it feels like you was cool with certain folks and then it happened to be a nigga that didn't fuck with you and now fuck everything but that's just how i feel on the outside looking in um he says um he he revels this he reveals this when he writes ozzy davis famously eulogized malcolm x as our living black manhood and our own black shining prince only one man today could bear those twin honorifics barack obama this gross misunderstanding of who malcolm x was the greatest prophetic voice against the american empire and who barack obama is the first black head of the american empire speaks volumes about Coates neoliberal view of the world i heard sip 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 i'm <laughs> sipping i'm sipping okay. um by the way i encourage people to go read that piece i think it's still on the atlantic but um you'll see that it's not that it wasn't coats going obama and malcolm x the same it was him saying they evoke the same feeling from black america right which is this pride and they also believe in respectability malcolm believed in a lot of respectability shit too right like he believed in self-sufficiency self-dependency um and obama to a certain extent still espouses that but people have soured on respectability politics in general so people don't fuck with it no more but you know and, and we and malcolm's dead so we romanticize malcolm more than we would have if he was still alive you know there's still a lot of patriarchal things he believed in there's still um a lot of issues that he had around um uh you know the self-reliance you need to dress a certain way you need to eat a certain way you need to look a certain way you need to you know like there was a lot of that too you know um people are complex you know anyway Coates praises obama as a deeply moral human being while remaining silent on the 563 drone strikes the assassination of u.s citizens with no trial the 26,171 bombs dropped on five muslim majority countries in 2016 and the 550 palestinian children killed with u.s supported planes in 51 days etc he calls obama one of the greatest presidents in the american history who for eight years walked on ice and never failed two things here coast has brought up all that shit the other part he's still the greatest president who would you name better and what president do we know that would be a president of this country that has not has not made decisions like this drone like people act like obama was supposed to come and just be like you know what all this shit we've been doing fuck it it don't work like that right it's just interesting because they hate that question of okay so then who's better who is better is it the person that dropped the, the bomb on on japan <laughs> passed all these social welfare plans but killed these people you know is, is, uh, would you would you put it to lincoln who didn't mean to free the slaves but kind of free the slaves had slaves of his own you know would you would you give it to him would you put him above uh, obama you know would you put it would you who would you put you know like it's like it's funny because that list gonna be short as fuck come on i ain't saying you can't put nobody above him the list gonna be short as fucking you know it but that's the part you don't want to admit the office of presidency does not lend itself to great human beings and in, in, in light of the way that we like to judge it from the morality of do no harm it just it doesn't exist we don't have a president that can do that because we're an imperialistic nation that was built and founded on that you know and not to mention Coates talked about all that like he goes in on obama sometimes and i'll be like i mean it's true 
but at the same time i don't know what like that president hasn't existed yet the one that we want to see right and the that's perfect fine. president that that nigga that nigga ain't nowhere to be found right the one that no wars no bombs no well just no peace. foreign interference right i'm just supposed to be peace on earth right and then you know no you know like that one just hasn't existed you know mm-hmm. we've had isolationism in america before and it ended with pearl harbor like it just ain't as it's not as cut and dry as people like to put it but fine you know um um so yeah it and when uh and also when coach talks about walking on ice and never fail he's talking about stuff like personal scandals he's talking about stuff like corruption mm-hmm. shit like that as well but you know coach would never i mean west would never give up that it is clear that his narrow racial tribalism and my by the way he also talked bad saying he wants acceptance from these white people but that tribalism comment kind of lends itself to him saying like not all white people coach okay calm down some of these white people are good and that's how we're gonna beat white supremacy you know what i mean like that's his assertion and i'm like nigga them the same people buying your tickets same group of people <laughs> and, the I, same I, I, people. I, and i think he understands it's the same pool and he realizes it's getting smaller and smaller and i think he, he begins to panic right um all right hold on i gotta turn up the beef music mm-hmm. all right there we go all right <clears throat> it is clear that his narrow racial tribalism and myopic political neoliberalism <laughs> come on has no place for keeping track of wall street greed u.s imperial crimes or black elite indifference to poverty for example by the way literally ta-nehisi coast first very first piece was about bill cosby and how as an elite black man like how he was going at people for being poor or being black his first piece did you read the book i don't think he read the book i i I hate to be look michael eric dyson called the nigga lazy this is lazy and i and i said it such when i first read it, i said that was lazy it's underpinned on lies it was dismantled within 10 hours i can't i log back on twitter at 10 motherfuckers is already like this is why this is wrong this is wrong this is wrong and i was like that's so stupid you're too smart to too say something that can be dismantled smart. that easily you could have just copied and paste some black woman that already wrote this shit if you really wanted to go in on codes because people have done the research better than you i mean and this is your field you ought to know that when you do stuff like this you you have to give like notes and and yeah yeah assuming he wrote it uh, by the way mm-hmm. right assuming he wrote it um no place for keeping track of wall street greed u.s imperial crimes of black elite indifference to poverty for example there's no serious attention to the plight of the most vulnerable in our community the lgbt people who are disproportionately affected by violence poverty neglect and disrespect and uh i've seen people uh put that quote towards um put that critique towards uh coach earlier work i've seen it i think he's improved in those areas but we'll also have receipts so we'll see if if people agree or not the disagreements between coach and i are substantive and serious i would be wrong to construe it would be wrong to construe my quest for truth and justice is motivated by pettiness do it feel wrong to y'all I do it feel wrong even the dude I, that hit me up on twitter that was defending this shit the other yesterday was like well i mean yes he is being petty i'm like well damn that kind of fucking i don't know how you get that down. matters but i can only speak for myself that shit undermines a whole ass argument lies and pettiness i don't 
this ain't fucking real housewives i'm not required to listen to you after you lying and being petty i can go oh i would prefer to have someone talk about this it's not lying and being petty just my personal preference must every serious critique be reduced to a vicious takedown or an ugly act of hatred i don't know spider-man pointing at spider-man must it <laughs> Can we not acknowledge that there are deep disagreements among us with our very lives and destinies at stake? Okay, now see, this is the self-importance that I get to with all the Black Academia shit, which is kind of why it turns me off. None of you niggas are going to save us. None of us. None of you. You know what I mean? Like, you can be impactful. You can speak to things. Like, none of you are have the solution that is going to fix white supremacy and people are going to all listen to it and magically do it. Yep. It's, it's just... <laughs> that's not how it's gonna work Mm-mm. it never has worked that way james baldwin's brilliant and people still like i mean but nigga white people ain't trying to hear that shit like it's clap clap for this speech while he's in our face read his book quote him and then we go about our white ass lives yeah and and we clap for him while he's talking about shit that quote unquote isn't directly affected with through our country right yeah like yeah when they clapped for him it was like oxford or whatever they were yeah. oh so great yeah because yeah, he's talking it, about america and y'all are in the uk doing right. the same shit the niggas there come on and if one of y'all black people that was born and raised there start pointing at y'all shit you wouldn't be fucking clapping right um it, it is even is it even possible to downplay career moves and personal insecurities in order to highlight our clashing and conflicting ways of viewing the cold and cruel world we inhabit i stand with those like robin dg kelly gerald horn amani perry and barbara ransby who by the way he does this every time he tries to take somebody down he quotes a bunch of like activists and uh academics or uh, whatever tanahazi coast an author he not trying to be an activist bro it's not the same lane he's an essayist you know what i mean like it's not <laughs> it's just funny to me it's just funny you know <laughs> who represent the radical wing of the black freedom struggle we refuse to disconnect white supremacy from the realities of class empire and other forms of domination be it ecological sexual or others the same cannot be said for tanahasi Coates uh written by cornell west a professor of practice of public philosophy at a white university called harvard he's an author of race matters make sure you pick up his book all the money will go to socialism none of it will go to his big ass house or the other things I'm, let me click on this link i think if i go on amazon i'm sure his book will be free for black people oh no twelve nineteen. Mm. Mm. i still have to pay for okay kindle fourteen ninety nine full price they got an audio book too do i pay this in the balloons or nope nope cash mm, yeah this that is american US, dollar dog u.s uh u.s dollar okay mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well i'm sure it's i will send him some coins maybe he won't be as mad uh at some point uh anyway so he said all that shit and uh you know good for him and whatnot you know um i thought it was kind of kind of ridiculous um and petty and easily dismissed and pinned underpinned with lies which actually makes me sad like to be to be if i'm being honest like you cannot like him and you know not lie on the dude like i'm not sure why it came to that you know but i think it fucks if he don't feel that his credibility is worth much then it's just not gonna be um worth much 
anyway <clears throat> Tanahasi coach had time oh shit right and i know he normally doesn't respond to critiques of his work period uh but i think him and cornell this is like the third time so yeah he was like oh look i'm tired of you right so he started uh on twitter uh oh, shit. yeah right black academic beef going to twitter to the streets i'm talking about in what 140 characters a little bit more now so i don't know what the new number is i still do 140 by the way i saw somebody be like and this is why we should have black women as as the people who uh represent black academia more because these men and these egos i was like women got egos too dog you know i follow y'all right <laughs> like y'all niggas fight too it's just niggas gonna fight it's fine women got egos too i'm here for the jokes but everybody got their way jokes you know that's i i've relaxed on all that shit because i'm like we black none of y'all got the solution and if you did have it white people ain't gonna do it why would i be mad at you about some shit neither one of us can control you know like cool you know as long as you're not cooning or anti-black like i don't care Mm-mm. you think we need socialism cool i hope that shit comes through and we get fixed i don't it like it sound good but but where i right. am right now i don't see it right like it's cool your vision for the future is different than mine mm-hmm. like you do realize neither one of us can make these white folks act right right anyway so ta-nehisi coast who found the time said regarding cornell west just want to say i'm happy the book is generating so much debate happy to let it continue but thought i might offer some context Mm. from what i can tell the essence of the argument is that my work is generally silent or omits omits any critique of war drones anti-lgbt rhetoric and violence etc hopefully in looking at these there at these their graphs specifically as key and he took quotes from the article you know the disagreement between Coates and me is clear any analysis or vision of our world that omits the centrality of wall street power u.s military policies and complex dynamics of class gender and sexuality in black america is too narrow and dangerously misleading so it is with ta-nehisi Coates' worldview it is clear that his narrow racial tribalism and myopic political neoliberalism has no place to keeping track of wall street greed uh that's the second time i read that i'm not drinking this time oh my bad my bad these are just quotes from the article ah u.s imperial crimes or black elite it is delicious though u.s right my bad u.s imperial crimes or black elite indifferent don't say you got you can't drink you can do what you want uh for example there's no serious attention to the plight of the most vulnerable in our community the lgbt people who are disproportionately affected by violence poverty and neglect um so then coach says uh i just want to stay up because i hate when this happens he's threading something then motherfuckers start hopping in the thread right it messes I, I didn't up. come for y'all i didn't come for y'all in general i think the public itself can sort this out meaning y'all know this nigga line that's that black academic speak but i don't expect people to be familiar with everything i've written and said so here's just a bit of it now i would like to just add here i need more black people more people in general more people on twitter especially to understand Tanazi is one of the most read men in the world meaning people read his shit even he knows everybody ain't see everything he ever said i need you and the people that got five followers twenty thousand followers i know i have followers. it i'm not even gonna lie right i need you to understand ain't nobody ever read all your shit either come on the same way i know ain't nobody ever listened to all our podcasts the same like uh, there's certain shit that people get an attitude about like how dare be and it's like who who do you think you are no one keeps up with your shit i see people do this all the time well i said october 4th 2007 that i'm like nobody remembers that refresh my memory anyway 
in general i think that he says here i am on obama and drone warfare and he wrote a piece for the atlantic called the kill list and he puts a link to it um that was in 2012 um he talks about you know the extrajudicial killing of american citizens um drone strikes all that shit okay mm-hmm uh the obama administration considers any military age male in the vicinity of obama to be a combatant that is an amazing standard that shares an ugly synergy with the sort of broad swath logic that we see employed in stopping frisk with nypd national spy network with the killer of trayvon martin policy is informed by the morality of a country i think the repercussions of this unending era of death by silver bird will be profound come on but he you know talk about the drone strikes can remember you don't remember when cornell west literally just said you don't talk about drone strikes he literally nothing not a word about obama he's too much allegiance he also wrote the excellent age of no fuss drones uh, and remarkable war another one about obama and drone strikes uh this one was 2013 i will use myself as my own reference you can go check it out Mm mm-hmm here I am one more time on Obama and drone welfare. One more time. <laughs> it's, it's it's so ridiculous at this point, right? Do, do you not feel ridiculous having her like if you if a part of you was like, you know, Wes making some good points. Do you not already feel like, oh, this nigga didn't even read the book or any of Coach's work? He just doesn't give a fuck. He just wanted to shit on this dude. Mm-hmm. What would Orwell make of Obama's drone policy? A recently released memo, released memo yields a few good examples of double talk it also leaves it up to the president to decide how to interpret them that's february 5th 2013 okay <sighs> here i am talking to at jerry skyhill a couple months ago about reconciling achievements with war uh and drone fare uh, and it's a quote from an interview that he did yeah it does matter but i think you're asking an important question i think frankly i'm always called to that kind of reconciliation when i study any other president how do i reconcile the fact that lincoln you know ultimately led the war that emancipated four million enslaved african americans and at the same time you know very much held white supremacist attitudes advocated the colonization of black people out of this country how do i reconcile lyndon johnson pioneer in terms of civil rights legislation and the vietnam war how do i reconcile franklin delano roosevelt for his efforts in strengthening the social safety net yet doing that in the back of white supremacy in the south it's tough man it's tough you know very interesting i was in chicago doing some reporting right i was arguing with these guys you know in the academy with a bunch of historians i love arguing with historians and i said obama is a great president and they go oh and they all get upset right and i said well you know what you know the question you have to ask is by the scales of what the american presidency is not he's a great person but in the terms of what the american presidency is he's a great and uh you know we're getting we're going back and forth and i said okay so who's a great president one of the professors said lyndon johnson without vietnam she was joking he said yeah no either none of them are great or or obama's among the great ones there's only that's and and i'm fine with either reconciliation but then don't don't be mad at me for my pragmatism of of the president he's one of the greatest but that doesn't mean he can't be critiqued right uh regarding the notion that i've been divorced from collective struggle here i am on colin kaepernick and the black protest tradition i read this piece this year this year and he goes back and talks historically how civil rights protests have never been popular so stop waiting for white people to be like you know if we can just find a way 
there's, to protest there's He's, no right way right there's no right way to the motherfuckers that had a goddamn tea party spilling tea in the water and shit like that america was taken by violence we actually was like fuck you british uh uh, uh uh england and came over here and fought them motherfuckers so our whole foundation is on war but yet the when we when the white people suppress the black people and the black people use the same tactics that you use to set yourself free it becomes a problem right it's it's but it's just interesting right because these are things that were blatant lies we just read and and i like i said i don't even the dude who was kind of going back and forth with me about it you know like i don't want to term it as an argument though i did feel that some of the things assertions he made was in bad faith um but you don't get to to just let this dude lie and then say but some of it was true no i'm reading it it's not true like these critiques have been addressed if you if you just aren't aware of it that's fine but don't then turn around and tell me like i'm protecting this dude or i'm just such a fan of this dude i have been like i don't like this thing coach said on here i still remember the rachel dolezal shit he wrote like that shit was trash like it was fucked up it was hey uh why y'all so worried about rachel dolezal this dude got killed by the police like i can worry about two things at the same time and so the fuck can you oh come on now you know so it was like it wasn't so um you know like it like he's not so above reproach in my opinion Mm -mm. but if you're gonna come come correct that's it i don't you can't you can come for anybody just come correct but yeah i remember this piece where he basically said civil rights activists are not fighting to convince the generation they're in they're fighting to convince the next generation because the generation they're in never listens ever you know like they didn't like martin luther king either why would they like happening right because uh the thing about us is is for like you said it's the framework of the next generation because everybody gets sad and everybody want to uh sing your praises when you're dead and gone and you can't do shit but while i'm sitting here in your face talking about the injustices raising my voice getting beat and shot and being mistreated and being surveillanced and and being watched and getting guns in my face all that shit is taken fucking granted while i'm alive and well is when i'm dead and gone that everybody want to act like the i was just the best thing ever when in reality a lot of my own people looked at me and could probably consider me a traitor consider me wasting my time for fighting for their rights yeah and i'm not even trying to relitigate the point the i'm saying just coach has talked about it right cornell west told you he didn't that's what cornell west told you just just five minutes ago when i was reading he just didn't he said tanahasi coach never did these things um he talked about the the whole the ferguson effect that people claim uh the times wrote a story saying that the ferguson uh effect has 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 changed america that's why people aren't listening um saying that there's an uptick in violence because of the ferguson effect and he said it's not real right there's no ferguson effect that was also a a, a, um a piece on black activism black protest okay all right um he said he talked about the criminal justice system and the destroying of the black uh to use to destroy black resistance the black family in the age of mass incarceration i literally just read that yet two days ago that chapter um and it's a a beautiful piece and it talks about privatization of prisons it talks about the the way that ma- that white supremacy morphs uh it, morphs, it changes f- like the numbers of people in bondage and slavery the reason that prisons used to not have a high population when um the entire south was under jim crow and stuff yet after that 
they needed to put black people in prison they didn't used to do it in the south because the whole south was a prison hey where you going out them papers boy you ain't from around here boy you know you didn't have rights you were basically a prisoner even if you walked in the street in town you were a prisoner but once those laws passed and it was like um and, and segregations outlaws stuff it, then it becomes well, we gotta lock these niggas up we have to keep them under control somehow it, all this stuff is worth reading by the way this is a great reading list if he if you want to see his greatest hits but anyway if that's too much to read you can watch the last minute or so of this video he puts up a video the enduring myth of black criminality on youtube regarding the intersection of race gender and sexuality here i am on abortion and the importance of choice he wrote a piece in atlantic called on labor the gop wants to extend restrictions on abortion can the government force a woman to do something that is both work intensive and potentially life-threatening but you know race gender and sex you don't talk about it okay on a fallacious attempt to claim abortion is like slavery abortion doctor and o'reilly target assassinated <laughs> i love that title the atlantic uh, a pc wrote for the atlantic about uh you know how this dude falsely compared abortion to to um to slavery um it's so not the same yeah um so yeah like i said he has receipts on nina simone and the specific oppressions of black women nina simone's face and the realities of blackness the upcoming biopic and the singer proves that the world still isn't ready to tell her story because y'all remember they had uh who was it uh, zoe saldana yes put on had, the black face to try to do her right had no business playing that role right so yep but you know he don't talk about it right he don't talk about it on race and same-sex marriage race and gay marriage in perspective but he don't talk about the lgbtq he don't talk about it karen he what like i said i feel it's it's embarrassment for cornell west like did, why would you make an argument so easily disproven like what, what don't don't you even think higher of yourself like yo i don't want to look like a fool <laughs> anyway regarding black elite attitudes to the black poor here i am in response to the culture of poverty the culture of poverty thesis and he wrote a piece in the Atlantic called A Culture of Poverty. What, <laughs> like, it's, this is becoming a joke now. It's almost become, it's like literally every line, it's like, I did that. Yeah, I did that too. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, I already talked about it, so cool. Um, and these are, you know, these pieces aren't always long. Some of these are kind of, kind of short. Um, but you know, like I said, you can go read them yourself. I think he gives you a great reading list extending that from that on barack obama a culture of poverty and how he addressed black folks black people y'all know that the you're talking to a graduating seniors at an hbcu and telling them basically warning them to not be whack and lazy and to take care of their kids and even i think that was fucked up for obama right motherfucker i'm getting my goddamn degree the last thing i am is lazy like can we celebrate my one day without giving me that speech like i understand like like i said still in line with malcolm x like when that comparison is still valid because malcolm x believed in that kind of like toughen up man up do better type of thing yeah and the one thing about uh that shit like that suits don't put suits don't block bullets dog suits don't block them arresting you or chicken dogs on you it don't it don't stop that. right if underneath like if your if your solution for me is still i gotta be twice as good to get half as much then it's not really a solution Mm -hmm. i already knew that you could have saved the speech um Tanasi Coates, more of the same. A colorblind policy, color conscious morality. Uh, once again on Obama. 
oh right i almost forgot from between the world and me again on race gender sexuality and my own political awakening they had a little boy who must be off to college by now faggot was a word i had employed all my life and now here we here they were the cabal the coven the others the monsters the outsiders the faggots the dykes dressed in all their human clothes i am black and have been plundered and have lost my body but perhaps too i had the capacity to for plunder maybe i would take another human's body to confirm myself in a community perhaps i already had hate gives identity the nigger the fag the bitch illuminate the border illuminate that what we are ostensibly are not illuminate the dream of being white of being a man we name the hate strangers and are thus confirmed in the tribe but my tribe was shattering and reforming the point he's making he's a poet the point but the point he's making right there is like i as a black man had bought into and was part of the destructive majority to other people that were black having known what it's like to be plundered having known what it's like to be uh, ostracized and all this shit here i am doing it to my own people and it wasn't until he got to college and he had to actually meet some of the people he was talking about that he had to be like oh i'm i'm part of this too like you know and back to where we are on the notion that middle class values would set black people free we were eight years in power is where this one's from the basic assumption in this country one black per- one black people are not immune to which holds that if blacks comport themselves in a way that accords with middle class values if they are polite educated and virtuous then all the fruits of america will be open to them it is in it is in its most vulgar form this theory of personalized good negro government denies the assistance of racism and white supremacy as meaningful forces in american life keep in mind cornell west quoted him using good negro government as if to praise obama he's here going this good negro government shit is bad the idea of us having to look so respectable and so perfect it it belies the fact that this is a trap of a country yes it is because the thing is when it comes to white supremacy ain't no good niggas ain't no bad niggas ain't no politically correct niggas you all are niggers right um and there's more nuanced and reputable form the reputable form sorry the uh theory pitches itself as an equal complement to anti-racism but the argument made in much of the book is that ne- good negro government personal and political often augments the very white supremacy it seeks to combat that is what happened to thomas miller and his colleagues in 1895 it is that it is what happened to black people all through south carolina during redemption it is what happened to black people on the south side of chicago during the post-war implementation of the new deal it is what i contend is right now happening to the legacy of the country's first black president um he also says finally the intersection between the struggle against racism poverty war sexism and plunder at large um the first white president in american history is also his most dangerous president made more dangerous still by the fact that those charged with analyzing him cannot name his essential nature because they are too implicated in it but not damned by it there is nothing done in the service of whiteness that places it beyond the boundaries of human behavior and history indeed what makes the epoch of i think i'm pronouncing that right of indian killing and african slavery of war capitalism as finn Brecker dubs it so frightening is how easily his basic actions cohere with all we know of human greed and the temptations of power there is something terrible in being able to imagine oneself as a plunderer something discomfitting in knowing that moral high ground is neither biological nor divine this understanding does not require a flight of fancy americans to belong to a class one responsible for and intrinsically tied to a history of torture bombings and coup d'etat carried out in our name and trump has only heaped more upon that burden in the global context perhaps we americans are all white 
you know what when other people look at this country that's what they see yeah i, I don't think people realize that that's why um when other people talk about america from other places they always talk about it from the lens of whiteness even though it's brown people here but, like i said we have our own ignorances and shit as ignorant americans and we're black we have privileges right. being born in this country correct yeah you know i don't know shit about palestine Mm-mm. i've never really felt challenged to like i gotta find out because it you know in my mind i'm like it don't really affect me meanwhile until i start reading other books about them like oh so we share a kinship we share they they're in the same fences with the same guns pointed at them with the same fucking privatized military people surveilling them and locking them up like the same people own the prisons here that own the prisons there like it's like it's shit like that that you learn that you're like oh i see it now but my default is in america i don't know that nope cause and would never called. have been curious on it like i just naturally kind of lucked up into it because i'm curious about my history and then it ends up intersecting with all these other people's history that's it you know and everybody's not like that um anyway he says so look if that all adds up to neoliberalism to you then god bless but i would have you know that what precisely that all is i can't write on everything i try my damnedest to be as grounded as i possibly can and when i throw a punch i try to have my feet set in the swing with intention come on if you see something missing in my work some deep moral problem that i'm not writing on it may not be that i don't think it's a problem it might be that i don't know enough about it and probably shouldn't be speaking on it everything you say at a bar or to your wife over coffee in the morning don't amount to an informed opinion i try hard to remember that when i don't i get into trouble what (laughs) want to wish the great at cornell west a happy 20th on the publication of race matters rare that anyone gets to write such a monumental book and then be around to celebrate its impact happy sunday (laughs) y'all happy sunday y'all took me out but yes uh receipts now um i feel like coast was kind in his critique in his rebuttal no pejoratives didn't talk about how you know cornell west is really being critical of other people not himself didn't call him jealous or petty didn't you know talk about his rap album just stated facts his sloppy the accusations of laziness from michael eric dyson the receipts that were brought he didn't bring up any of that like i I, if it was me i would have just said cornell can you just please provide let me slide the way you let your house nigga friend bill Maher slide and just pretend this didn't happen and we'll be cool i would have just said some petty shit like that and everybody would be like see this was wrong with black men we can't get along y'all always fighting you know i had been vocabulations and shit right i would have said some fucked up shit like that and it made it worse yeah you've been all on a summer grant on a, a summer jam screen right because my feelings was hurt you know so i would say something about his album being whack or something you know <laughs> some stupid shit that right. that, that is below and, the, and, the belt and this is why you're not in that realm right fix your gap too some stupid shit that's gonna make people mad like just some stupid yeah you you would lose the crowd they uh, would turn right. on you they emotional would, and stupid they would turn on you sir i feel like coach read that at 10 a.m or whenever that shit was released and started working it was like oh cool let me just look up the quotes and i, I was all, i had these receipts on that uh jelani cobb though also had time oh shit we're, oh shit now jelani cobb is uh, a, a colleague he's a resident a harlem resident staff writer of the new yorker professor at columbia journalism um and uh tanazi coast friend 
Ah. I'll start by saying I'm not a disinterested party. At Tanahasi Coast is one of my oldest friends. We go all the way back to the days when we were both aspiring writers at Howard and his pops was a mentor figure to the young activists and thinkers on campus. And also, given what I do for a living and the necessity of intellectual engagement, I should say up front that no one is above critique. It's an indispensable part of growth, but I was quite frankly embarrassed by at Cornell West threadbare commentary. It was threadbare. If mm. I can threadbare threadbare if i can see it i know these smart niggas can see it come on three it's one thing to challenge and interrogate quite another to cloak petty rivalry as disinterested analysis neoliberal what part of neoliberalism demands reparations at cornell west right coach didn't even link to his case for reparations like he made the case for reparations broke it down like this is why it must be reparations in america if there's any level of justice what's neoliberal about that the government need to give black people they fucking coins what's neoliberal about that i don't understand anyway and places that demand squarely within the history of racist american public policy if you're obsequious standing up seek oh lord i got the drink for that shout out to reggie from what's the tea i know he know what the fuck that means because i sure don't he called this nigga obsequious karen i got to google that i don't know what it is but it's probably offensive it must be it must be bad whatever it is i'm trying to tell you that's a vocabulary word i miss if Mm. they ask me to spell it like when you mm, when niggas come for the obsequious on your ass bro oh that obsequious you ain't being nothing but obsequious over there it means obedient or attentive to an excessive or servile degree mm, mm, mm. Called, you obsequious ass nigga come on i'ma use that me too i'ma use that probably all wrong but i'ma use it like nigga you gotta stop being all of obsequious up in this motherfucker fuck it <laughs> Uh, but yeah in your obsequious standing for bernie you must have overlooked the part where he dismissed the idea of black reparations moreover those demands were kept alive in the black nationalist grassroots tradition not the interracial left you so idolize your disregard for capitalism was curiously absent when your boy tavis rest in peace oh ouch ouch Mm. Ouch. Mm. Not R.I.P. Rest in peace. Oh, y'all forgot they was on the the, the two angry niggas mad bus tour with yes. just, uh, uh Y'all don't Obama. care about poor people. By the way, Tavis apparently was helping Wells Fargo hustle ghetto loans. Or when he was oh. tied to Walmart and actual force for wage stagnation in poor communities. Oh, my. I guess Cornell didn't have a problem with that. But he cared about the poor people from his from his mansion mm. mm-hmm. but even more curious to me is your selective disdain i like how you didn't even bring up the movie roles or the, i don't know how y'all not doing the movie roles in the albums that would be my number one go-to i'm like first of all you ruined the matrix nigga you obsequious motherfucker <laughs> that's oh. a vocabulary word shout out to the people that's gonna use that next time they play scrabble get right. everybody confused what the fuck is this but even more curious to me is your selective disdain you speak about malcolm's legacy and the blood he shed on behalf of black people mm-hmm. i gotta start my list over um yet at the million man march you embrace farrakhan the dude who helped kill malcolm um, mm. are you trying to say he done bamboozled us run him up 
led us astray is that what you try to say jelani jelani says 21 years ago when the white leftists at the nation went after you for attending the million man march you defended it on principle you engaged with people despite their areas of intellectual disagreement i remember admiring how adroitly i don't even know what that means Mm, another vocabulary word gotta gotta drink to the uh, he's smart man vocabulations like this why i like this beef i'm learning at the same time Mm -hmm. that i'm i'm reading the subtext clever and skillful way is what adroitly means thank you you adroitly how adroitly you shut down your critics but it wasn't true you had Tanahazi's number you know his pops well you could have debated with him about whatever issues the issues were but you didn't because this isn't really about intellectual differences this points to a broader concern i might as well air one of the more fascinating things i've observed is Tanahazi coach has become more prominent in the unifying contempt of a striking array of black intellectuals. Hey, look, I'm on the outside looking in, and I've noticed that. Motherfuckers really want a monopoly on what black people are allowed to talk. Right. And who's allowed to have an opinion. Like and they have to have a right of entry through you. Says who? Right. Like, I'll notice people disguise it as, you need to be responsible with your platform. No, nigga, we disagree. This right. is responsible. My responsible is, I disagree with you. I'm putting another choice forward well you shouldn't be able to say that no nigga you should be able to say what you're saying and i should be able to say what i'm saying and we, and we both black and we just disagree right and, and it's you don't okay. gotta call, right you don't gotta call me a name you don't gotta call me neoliberal whatever the fuck literally i just disagree with you that's it uh anyway <clears throat> i found it striking that people as intellectually diverse as john mcwater or mcwater i think is how it's pronounced and glenn lowry are mad at the same dude as cornell west and adolph reed I can't tell you how many times black academic black academics have tried to turn me against my friend on the low. Mm. Ten, one who sniffed indignantly to me said he hasn't written anything that's not on my syllabus. Then you should have sent your you should have sent your syllabus to the Atlantic. But under ah! but underlying all this is another dynamic: plain classical elitism. What MacArthur? good that MacArthur good God the MacArthur grant was the one is a genius grant he got some amount of money to basically just they give you money they go go work on whatever you want like oh. your work is important we value it we want to give you this money so you That's can go when you're able to do like all those studies like if you well want. you can write book you can do anything you can do any whatever area of life you want to concentrate on they basically like we want to take care of your bills your your financial needs for you to go be an uh, artist wow yes basically here's some money just go be great and change the world right go write black panther do whatever you want oh that's wonderful so he got that but think but one person gets that right who works at macarthur that who decides who gets to get that probably some white folks so a little jealousy possibly a little bit of why this nigga why not me why not so-and-so right you know you know how it is uh as if anyone would have turned it down new session matter of fact let's go to a new session real quick to talk about this shit okay karen i hope we weren't out long Mm-mm, it just changed okay cool i couldn't see the time I by the way this screen. is so good because i the i didn't realize it but the show art today is funk flex listening to black thoughts freestyle yes that face and honestly i don't know if there could be a more appropriate look reaction to me reading the black academic beef i felt like funk flex listening to black thought freestyle when i was reading these niggas talk call each other obsequious and shit yes I was like, get his ass, Jelani. <laughs> I was like, be clear. <laughs> oh, yes. 
take and one take it's going off uh that MacArthur, good god i didn't i don't know how many people were whispering about how he didn't really deserve it etc again there are valid critiques to be made of anyone's work that's not what a lot of this is about though straight up many people hate the fact that the person being held is possibly the sharpest black intellectual writing about race is an hbcu dropout they, that, that bothers a lot of them they prefer their self-made intellectuals to be of the deceased variety mm. baldwin cruz malcolm frankly i prefer not to say any of this at tanasi coast is a grown man he can fight his own battles but it's a little tiresome to see and hear the hypocritical bullshit of academics who would prefer the community not be defended if doing so means accolades for someone else come on honestly i feel like it's best to keep malcolm's name out of your mouth if you're running around with the dudes who killed him just talk about paul robeson instead or something <laughs> or something black lives matter had to disrupt bernie twice to even get him to talk about race let's not talk about the sketchy race dynamics inside the campaign that black folk were telling me about ain't heard a word from you about that neither come on i'm just saying it's very difficult for me to watch you be super critical of other people and in your man is bernie it's very difficult to watch you be on a stage with dear brother bernie and shake his motherfucking hand when he signed the fucking crime bill too what are we talking about what are we talking about dog i'm not a fucking fool and none of us are (laughs) this is ridiculous sorry i don't know how to thread anyway that's enough of this and then he wrote betty shabazz spoke farrakhan had also just declined oh because someone said i was at the million man march and the spirit of the event was to transcend all of that not everyone went there to see minister farrakhan it was more important than just one individual so not sure it's fair to hit him with that even since betty shabazz spoke and he put betty shabazz spoke farrakhan has also just declined to pursue charges against her daughter who was implicated in the plot to kill him wasn't hard to see the transaction there uh yeah i uh that's why i love black academic beef right there guys it's that good and then, and that's not even counting the random black academic and black folks that kind of got it got some words in because it's everywhere black like black academic circle it was just i know it was lit i i, I know what it what is that uh they talk chats and shit was 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 bleeping boom, 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 boom. Mm-hmm. Oh, what, what the fuck that happened girl listen they talk just like us bitch what happened bitch did you read the article yeah bitch listen uh there it was so many people just coming um the, for, the, for for west the black academic facebook was on fleek and sad it's and, and like like i said zinzi had it right it's just like azalea banks because every time azalea banks say something there's always a collection of people to be like she ain't wrong like and i'm like y'all are real funny because i know y'all have quote-unquote canceled her and many other people over all kinds of shit yeah every time she talked y'all the only people putting it in my timeline is she canceled or is she not you know what I mean? Like, 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 you don't fuck with Joanne the Scammer because uh, Joanne the Scammer got some old tweets as whack, right? Uh, that I've heard, you know. But then you also still fuck with Azalea Banks, but she's been super homophobic, and I don't understand the rules to this shit. Like, what is like? Wh- why am I supposed to give her some benefit of the doubt that I would not allow for anyone else, and that you wouldn't allow Come on. to anyone else? Like. It's, it's like people just can't help themselves. But you know, that's what they do. And I think West in the same, is in the same vein as that where people be like, hey man, for some reason, for some reason, I like this nigga. So therefore, uh, I need you to hear him out. And I'm like, I don't have to hear anybody out. That's my perspective. 
and i don't hear out people that lie and underpin shit with bullshit but yeah a lot of people have stuff to say on twitter skeptical brother says cornell west tanazi coast ivory tower broadside conveniently ignores american carnage he helped trump create by backing russian duke jill stein the, this fascist moment was brought to you by narcissists hope tips that believe progressive purity will pay your medical bills <laughs> joel d anderson said cornell west had the, the whole the whole horrible world to write about but instead revisited another one of his grudges with another prominent black person who has surpassed him in prominence mm. oh, our girl amani gandy i stopped paying attention to cornell west a long time ago calling obama a niggerized president writing that hit job about melissa harris perry he can go fuck himself well tell them how you really feel imani mm-hmm. Donna, uh, darling ebony cornell west is jealous of tanasi coach we've seen this record play before he did the same thing with michael eric dyson he is the proverbial crab in a barrel while we are all about to suffer from the gop tax scam cornell is concerned with coach being competition come on uh maroon sister says cornell west lost me long ago as barack obama rants tavis smiley too for being mad about no invite i'm not even mildly interested in this new rant on tanazi coast miss me with it i do agree with this tweet from fanny's dream though and it's a tweet from somebody else um yeah there's five pages of these I don't even, they must have got everybody um but yeah it's you know motherfuckers getting um getting it's just easy to dismiss your argument when you write a, something so petty and, and silly you know it is what it is man like that ain't my fault for noticing and i and that was my whole point yesterday talking to uh my man i was just like listen i ain't no animosity towards a dude but if you want me to not notice this is petty then then you're talking to the wrong person a foreman i used to love cornell west but something changed in him when he wasn't embraced by obama he hasn't been the same since like mm-hmm. a jilted lover i don't i didn't like his criticism of tanasi coast in the guardian piece the idea that coast had some blind allegiance to obama is false uh battle tested all you need to know about cornell west is that when trump was spewing racist rhetoric during the campaign west was dividing the democratic party with the whole jill stein bullshit to help elect trump cornell west is the same guy who said trump is just as bad as hillary he basically another jill stein night he has as much purpose in the black community as Amarosa and Stacey Dash. Jesus. Oh my. Oh jeez. Oh. Oh, that's a lot. That's I I I would not go as far as that, but that is a lot. That is a lot. Anyway, man, y'all can read y'all can guess the rest. Um But yeah, that was the black academic beef, man. I, I'm glad we had a chance to uh Dude, I didn't think it would take so long. Uh oh, I could stop playing this music. Yeah, you know when it's get vocabulations to get kinda lengthy. You know, but I love it. I y'all now y'all see why this is such a black ass episode right now my fact, i like i like how black this is let's just end it here this is black as fuck this was black as fuck i feel like white people listening to this were like i don't know what the, any of these people are no i don't know <laughs> i don't know what's happening <laughs> who are all these negroes that they keep talking I, I got to do some research what is howard is it is it close to harvard right is it the same i don't, I don't know yeah i think i'm gonna leave it there yeah you guys blackademic beef part two part two neoliberal (laughs) boogaloo (laughs) we'll be back with a regular show tomorrow i know vocabulations beef part two yeah we'll get into some this is an hour and a half we'll get back we'll get back tomorrow into some actual um 
some actual like fucking news and stuff i know i know for you new white people this is the shit that happened on black twitter right this imaginary place that y'all don't know magical place y'all don't know nothing about those poor podcast folks that i don't listen to the show they just like i don't know what they talking Mm -hmm. about what's a ton of hossy coats what is, i know is it a smoothie is it is it a person a place or a thing right is it a location on a map how do you spell it i don't understand uh all right guys <laughs> is cornell west the west side of cornell university i, is, I, I don't know i need I to look know. into this we'll be back tomorrow man thank you so much uh shout out to triangle wine co for the beautiful wine yes it's delicious uh this is this is, i have to remember to order this with my coupon okay yeah i need um, to take a picture of it so we can remember what these wines I'll, tell, I'll tell you what i will do guys before we leave i will give you a couple random thoughts and we'll do sword ratchetness okay you gotta get out of here um hey do you think anti-military activists respect those veteran parking only signs i feel like you shouldn't if you if you real you should park in them spaces real, real about that life mm-hmm. if you don't respect the war efforts um hey you think the black people that aren't invited to the cookout do their own event that that you know when all of us are at the cookout they do their own like separate gathering where they eat food like white potato salad and uh unseasoned meats mm, pumpkin like, pies like you think Omar, omarosa and stacy dash make pumpkin pies and gop black chick brings the unseasoned turkey and they all they all go to their own instead of the cookout they go to the coon out mm-hmm. yeah with blanche green beans mm-hmm. uh can men have armpit vaginas because we read that article and say women are worried about armpit vaginas but everybody got armpits yeah they, they got they got arms so can men have armpit vaginas mm-hmm. well uh, well i'm not ashamed of my armpit vagina i'm gonna tell y'all right now like these might be some fat armpit vaginas but let me tell you something it's some good pussy under these armpit vaginas <laughs> i know that much i will lift this arm up and change your world <laughs> uh, i made some uh, <laughs> i made <laughs> gonna be here just raising their arms what the fuck wrong with you <laughs> i made some um look at it i'm gonna make you look at it woman i made some ravioli lasagna yesterday in the crock pot it was so good in the in the insta pot actually um but I, we were can't we went to get i went to get pasta sauce because that was what the me the okay. recipe called for and karen was like well well what's the difference between pasta sauce and marinara sauce and i said it was different you know pasta sauce a little bit uh different marinara normally a little bit thicker uh just depending i was like you know when you order um breadsticks they give you marinara sauce you know instead of pasta sauce normally mm-hmm. and uh she was just so confused she didn't believe me by the way she googled no, I it did. and i was like what the fuck it's both sauce and they ain't got no goddamn meat they taste the same now why would i lie to her guys she she anyway i know i know i know anyway uh, oh like they taste the same i ended up getting rouse pasta uh, marinara sauce and it was uh sensitive marinara sauce oh so uh i didn't know it was sensitive i left my um I, I left my um ravioli lasagna in the pot today i went to play basketball i came back it was in there listening to drake y'all <laughs> it was crying i know you came in it was like you used to call me on myself i was like what the fuck is that and is that sensitive that damn sensitive marinara sauce man mm-hmm. um lastly you know what's messed up man um if you guys go on pornography websites I'm, i don't know if you've heard of these but if you go on there and they have like sometimes they have preferences at the top 
so you can click on you be like i want this type i want that type mm-hmm. and you can be like i want to search but in my search results i want certain things in there certain things out of there right All right so they have this thing where it's like search the the the, the straight search for uh-huh. gay search for right time right if you take out gay in your search so it only returns what straight porn i'm assuming so yeah it still returns lesbian porn yeah because i don't it's, it's not an option but but think about this though they are saying that gay porn is just two dudes and that's it a lot of people's definition of it is that which right is, which two is women weird. is not gay right because there are a lot of straight dudes that like to watch two women have sex so they go well we're going to keep it there because odds are it's going to be a larger percentage of men that actually want to see that but they don't want to see two dudes fucking i just think it's interesting that's fucked up you know but anyway uh that one wasn't funny that was just a, that was just some shit i noticed so i was like i was like damn my whole life they just been mm-hmm. oh you don't want to see the gay porn that's just two dudes right but here's these two women scissoring for three hours like that's gay too right nope, nope not, not not in this reality not not in a books all right last thing guys gonna do sore ratchetness and get out of here and uh tomorrow we'll give you actual news and shit that happened besides black and Dick. unless michael uh, dyson chime in yeah we'll be right we'll be right back at this motherfucker if michael <laughs> i hope med out there warming up his fingers because he do his research mm, and you know he very vocabulous and lengthy think he won't just re-up that shit anyway <clears throat> sword ratchet this time He lived by the sword and he died by a sword a british man who lived in japan where he worked in a samurai sword store took his own life with his favorite weapon in the traditional act of harikari oh what happened what did he do to disappoint somebody uh, he lost the he lost the uh war against america and then he killed himself alan jones 51 was found dead inside his mother's home oh he still lives with his mama oh surprising during a visit to his family earlier this year oh he's visiting okay his mother margaret said she he was lying on top of his sword with his arms over his head after he committed suicide the court heard that jones was not his actual self during his trip back home his sister marion caulfield for many years he said for many years he had lived abroad and when he came home he would go out visiting friends but this time he had lost weight and spent most of his time in his bedroom he had a collection of samurai swords and had developed an interest in the samurai tradition a few hours before he took his life a neighbor saw him asleep on the sofa with an open book of family photos by his side according to an investigation jones died from lacerations to the heart and liver he has a collection of samurai sword which he sent which we sent to a specialist in london and had been returned days before he was found dead damn i don't don't like i don't like samurai movies that much that's a lot Mm -mm. yeah cultural appropriate some cool shit bro not not that Mm -mm, maybe nunchucks or something yep anyway guys that's it we'll be back tomorrow thank you so much for listening to whatever this was we appreciate y'all um stand for all the black academic beef and shout out to the vocabulary words that everybody learned today we'll see y'all two years uh from now unless i know uh, when when the next hot beef happens right when when coach puts out another book and uh cornell west has to take him down a peg i know cornell west wake up every day just hoping tanasi coach touch somebody inappropriately or something 
like i really hope this nigga grabbed a woman's ass please lord just every day i pray just get me too okay get him out of here oh lord i need somebody to me too this nigga so fast all right y'all we talk to y'all later until then i love you i love you too